As the weather begins to warm up here in Metro Detroit, we start thinking about fun summertime thoughts and about that other thing. I think mosquitoes are pretty obnoxious no matter where you are, so I don't think that anybody really wins that contest. We have multiple different species of mosquitoes here in Michigan. The arrival of Michigan spring means we're about to again become neighbors with millions of insects. Isn't it great? This is the Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. We did several weather stories across this past winter. While we talked about snow and ice, we also spent some time talking about the mild nature of the winter season. Now that we're into the spring, are there going to be consequences of the mildness? Michigan mosquitoes could be back sooner than expected. A mild Michigan winter could be setting up a summer filled with bugs, but it's not that easy to predict. Chris Stefanzo, field crops entomologist at Michigan State University, said one thing to watch for are weather patterns from the south. The storms could push bugs further north, and with our warmer weather, they could be here to stay. Some of these storm patterns that you see setting up, you might think, if we have more of those or they come earlier, that could bring black cutworm or armyworm that attacks wheat or potato leafhopper. And because farmers may have started some crops early, the insects would have plenty to feed on. Though it's not easy to predict, it could have lasting effects on the state of Michigan. That was WWJ's Ryan Recker with AM950 morning anchor Jonathan Carlson. In Ryan's story, Dr. DeFonzo mentioned the difficulty in pest prediction. But she did say that while it is difficult, it is not impossible. We have the Enviro Weather site that's uh, part of MSU. And on there, there are some models, some degree day models for some of the insects that we get early in the season, like alfalfa weevil and seed corn maggot and European corn borer. But those all overwinter here. So we're using our own weather stations to generate the heat units towards those models. It's a lot harder if uh, we have insects that are moving. And some years you think you're going to get them and then nothing happens. And other years I've been to a, you know fields in southern Michigan that are getting hit by armyworm and the next county over, there aren't any. So one county got an unlucky migration and the next county over doesn't. Dr. DeFonzo was talking about bugs that can bring harm to crops. She is a field crop entomologist after all. But what about the bugs that sometimes bother you and me? For that, I reached out to another MSU entomologist. Dr. Hannah Burak is a professor and chair of the entomology department. There's two main groups of insects that I like to think about when we think about springtime populations. We've got our insects that essentially hibernate all winter long, and then we've got our insects that have more than one generation a year, and they might get going a little bit earlier the warmer it gets. Some of those insects that have multiple generations a year that spring to mind right away are mosquitoes. Usually when the weather gets warm and we have enough moisture, which this year we absolutely have enough moisture, those are insects that we'll start seeing sooner rather than later. I'm already hearing some activity around ticks out in the woods for people who are in warmer areas that might be moving around. So those pests that like to bite us and hitch rides on us are going to start becoming active or as soon as the grass starts getting greener and we start getting consistently warm days.
I've spent a good chunk of my life here in Michigan. But when I first broke into radio, I worked in southern Arkansas and northeast Texas. When I was a kid, I was under the impression that when it came to bugs, we in Michigan had it the worst. Though, when I was in the south, I was told they had it the worst. It seems like we need a referee. I asked Dr. Burak to do the honors. For some reason, I don't know what it is, everybody thinks their mosquitoes are special. They think that theirs are the biggest and theirs are the worst. Are Michigan mosquitoes different than others? I think mosquitoes are pretty obnoxious no matter where you are, so I don't think that anybody really wins that contest. We have multiple different species of mosquitoes here in Michigan. We have little brown ones, which are in a given specific genus. And those little brown guys tend to be more active during dawn and dusk. And then we have darker colored ones, ones that are more black, sometimes black with white spots. Some of those guys can be active all during the daytime. So some of the differences that you'll see with different types of mosquitoes is the time of day that they're going to be active and then how aggressive that they're going to be in terms of finding people. So there are some that are really more restricted to areas that are close to water and some that can take advantage of any water anywhere. If you're like me, when you see a mosquito, you see a pest. No second thought. But if you're Dr. Burak, you know better. We need insects like mosquitoes, but at the same time, they're annoying and they can be harmful too. <laughs> yep. The ones that are annoying and harmful to us are only one life stage and only one sex of that life stage. So female mosquitoes are the only mosquitoes that bite. Male mosquitoes don't. And that's because the females need that blood in order to grow eggs that are viable to lay. And the rest of them, the males, they're feeding on nectar and pollen. <laughs> so they're going to flowers and finding other food sources, anything that's got sugar in it to give them energy. And then the life stage that we don't talk about a lot is the aquatic life stage. The reason they need to be near water is because their larvae develop and they're aquatic. And so they're important food sources for a lot of our fish, amphibians, too. So not all life stages are interested in biting animals, and not all of the individual species are necessarily going to be pests. What about other airborne pests? or at least things we perceive to be pests. Flies can be annoying, but have you ever been bitten by a horsefly? The horseflies are going to be in the same boat. Females are going to be the ones that are interested in biting you, not the males. And they can get really big and be very impressive. Those are also going to be restricted to wooded habitat, as they're talking about. They're not necessarily going to be something that you're going to find in a big open field. And one of the fun tricks with horseflies is that they detect movement. And so if you're not actively moving around, they're going to be less likely to find you. So if you're in a place where you've got lots of horseflies around, sometimes you can just stand still. They won't be able to detect you. That's not a good solution in the long term, but it's a fun trick if you are out in the environment and you've got horseflies around. They'll actually be really confused and be unable to find you if you're not moving. Mosquitoes can transmit diseases like malaria, and in parts of the world, that can be incredibly deadly. While that's not an issue in Michigan, things like eastern equine encephalitis can be very harmful. And it's not just mosquitoes. Dr. Burak says if you're out in nature, you have to be mindful of ticks. They carry the deadly Lyme disease. When you're out in places where ticks are common, where pants, 
tuck your pants into your boots if that's something you can do, or wear a tighter leg pant. Wear light colors so you can see them on your clothes before they're able to find their way through your skin. And do a good pick check whenever you leave an area. So, you know, have someone that you trust. Take a good look when you shower that night and make sure nobody was able to hitch a ride with you. But repellent is one of the most important things you can use. You can put that on your skin, but you can also buy repellents that you can use to treat the pants that you can wear out to the hiking trail if you're a hiker or if you're a hunter, the clothes that you're going to wear when you're going hunting. You can buy treatments that are specific to fabrics that are really long-lasting and can provide additional repellency. So when I do field work, if I know I'm going to be working in a place where there's ticks, I have one or two pairs of pants that I have soaked in these treatments in addition to whatever repellent that I put on. We started this podcast talking about the insects that cause harm to crops. The Michigan Department of Agriculture Resources says there are about 10 million acres of farmland across the state. And some of the invasive species here in Michigan can also do harm to your garden. The two invasive species that spring to my mind, one that has been here for a while, and it's called the spotted wind drosophila. It's a little tiny fly that likes to feed on ripe berries right at the stage when we like to eat them. And it's been a real challenge for our friends that grow blueberries, strawberries, grapes, blackberries, raspberries, and cherries in the state. One of the challenges particular to that insect is it has lots and lots of generations a year. And so the warmer the winters we have, the higher populations can develop and the more challenging that's going to be for farmers to deal with. Another one to have on people's radars is spotted lanternfly. This is one of our newest invasive species to come into the state. Spotted lanternfly is super distinctive. If you just Google spotted lanternfly, you will see um, why it is called that. It has bright spots on its wings. And that insect feeds on ornamental plants in your yard, and it can also feed on some commercial plants. Insects are not likely going to be invited guests at your next barbecue. But as we've talked about, many insects serve vital functions. So how about this? Yes, getting bitten by mosquitoes is terrible. But if you look at it this way, you're outside and getting eaten alive by bugs, at least it's summertime. Today's big thanks go to Dr. Hannah Burak for chatting with me. Also, thanks to Ryan Recker and Dr. Chris DeFonzo. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you want the Daily J delivered right to you? Subscribe using the Odyssey app or get it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Zach Clark, and this is the Daily J. Thanks for listening.